0: Hello and welcome to the interview. The biggest war in Europe since 1945 has prompted several countries to try to speed up their integration with the West. Those include Ukraine itself, of course, but also nations in the Western Balkans, Moldova and Georgia, which has been knocking on NATO's door for many years. The former Soviet Republic applied for EU membership in March of last year, although it has not been given candidate status yet. My guest today is a long-standing champion of Georgia's Euro-Atlantic aspirations. Ambitions that she argues are being undermined by the current government in Tbilisi led by the Georgian Dream party. She's Salome Zurabishvili, the president of Georgia. She's a prominent politician there and a distinguished diplomat, having served both in the French and Georgian foreign ministries and been foreign minister of Georgia in 2004 and 2005. Salome Zurabishvili was elected president in 2018 with the support of Georgian Dream, but the two are now locked in a bitter feud. (laughs) President (laughs) Zurabishvili, thank you so much for being my guest. You just gave a speech at the... European Parliament, and one of the themes which I picked up on was missed opportunities in Georgia's European journey. You used phrases like, what was in our grasp, but what we didn't take. It sounds like you have a lot of regrets.
1: Yeah, um, Georgia's path towards European Union is both uh, a path which has gone very fast, in fact. Uh, not even a generation when people would have thought that it was impossible to have even a rapprochement with the European Union. It was a Soviet state coming out of uh, 70 years of uh, Soviet occupation and mentalities. So we have gone fast. Uh, very fast because in uh, 2 years ago I was hosting uh, in Georgia um, President Zelensky President Sandu President Charles Michel and we were baptizing the trio of the associated countries and moving forward and everything looked very bright very close at hand even if it was not a candidacy mm. uh, that was accelerated really by the uh, war uh, against Ukraine and by President Zelensky incredible energy moving forward Uh, and that's where i think that we had an additional chance given to us and then we started losing those chances in the last two years
0: not implementing the april agreements
1: that's, I you think, was one of the main us. lost opportunities at that point. It was very close again, and suddenly we start not implementing, saying we don't want it. Uh, not very understandable, not even for the Georgian population.
0: And, and what about on the rhetorical front? Because one of the most commented remarks in the last few days has been that of Prime Minister, uh, the Prime Minister of Georgia, Irakli Garibashvili, uh, who essentially said that uh, NATO enlargement was one of the reasons uh, for the war in Ukraine. How much of a problem is it uh, that, uh, you know, he's saying one thing, you're saying something which is completely the opposite?
1: Well, I think I'm representing, first of all, the Georgian constitution, which says that we, uh, all state institutions, so maybe should we read it, uh, should do everything possible in their uh, capacities to move the country towards Euro-Atlantic integration. So I'm doing just that. That has been the path followed by Georgia, by all its presidents since independence. Uh, So I'm in line with Georgian Pass with Georgian history, with Georgian population, and with Georgian constitution. So that should be enough.
0: So <laughs> I mean, I mentioned that you were supported by Georgian Dream in your campaign in 2018. Uh, we obviously don't have reasons to go in all the all the reasons for the feud between the two of you. But um, what's your gut feeling about Georgian Dream now, when it comes to this whole question of Euro-Atlantic integration? Are they? Do you sense that they're somehow sitting on the fence to see what happens in Ukraine? What the? Ultimate outcome is what I think really it's going very it's
1: very difficult to explain <clears throat> even for me uh, or even for the observer uh, on the political scene in Georgia I think it's a mixture uh, of uh, some fear about seeing what's happening in Ukraine and not knowing whether uh, Georgia would have the same capacity and certainly we we're not Ukraine uh, there is a preparation of the next uh, elections uh, and some of the things that the European Union is asking in its recommendations are things that might make uh, a full victory at the elections more difficult. And we are still, and that's probably what is uh, uh, the most difficult in Georgia, we're still, and none of the governments and parties until now that were in power have managed to renounce one-party power uh, when they were in power, not uh, the previous ones, not this one, and we have to move to a coalition, and that's what uh, is in line with the recommendations because it will ask for for more diversity, for more uh, civil society engagement, and all of that. And I think that there is frilosity on all sides.
0: So direct flights have now resumed between uh, Russia and Georgia, and provocation. a, a, a visa-free regime uh, has been <laughs> introduced. But a lot of Georgians do have uh, family links in, in Russia, and then I mean, there are people who might want to study there, to work there. No, go that, that doesn't, to... doesn't exist. Well, there is a Georgian diaspora in Russia.
1: There is a Georgian diaspora that was stayed there, that lived there and stayed there, but there is nobody that wants to go and study to Moscow from Georgia today. That I can guarantee. But those people that are living, they're the first one shocked by the reaction of the Georgian government because they are living in Russia and they probably know Putin better than we do sometimes. Uh, and those Georgians living there, uh, usually Russian citizens, uh, Uh, Some of them have dual nationality Uh, and the Russians themselves, 780,000 of them came to Georgia in uh, one year time. Uh, So that means that it's quite easy to come to Georgia without Russian flights. A
0: direct link is better than an indirect. Yeah, but sometimes I don't have
1: a direct link when I go to Brussels. (laughs) I don't have a direct link to Washington. But
0: but, but when you say you don't want direct flights, I mean... I don't
1: want Russian provocations uh, to be played at this time and age when we are moving towards really the decision on the candidacy. And I'm sure that Russia, Putin, is not concerned... Uh, about whether the Georgians living in Russia uh, can fly directly or not. He is not concerned about our we- well being. Otherwise, he could uh, just wi- withdraw its troops from the two occupied territories.
0: Last time I was at the European Parliament, there was a very visible protest and support for Mikhail Saakashvili, the former president uh, of Georgia, uh, someone that you worked with but fell out with in 2006. He
1: also discovered I was independent.
0: But um, a lot of uh, people in the West are wondering, is the president of Georgia going to pardon him, given the state of his health? And they they tend to uh, under, undermine uh, underline, I should say, uh, the the image damage that this whole uh situation is doing to Georgia and the West.
1: Yeah, I know that, uh, and I'm concerned about that, and I'm doing a number of things to alleviate this uh, situation. Uh, but the damage that is done is done by the decisions taken by the government, uh, and it's not uh, really the pardoning, not pardoning that changes this damage. Mm. And I think that it should be treated, and I've been vocal about that, as many, many other presidents around the world uh, that uh, have been sentenced, they are elected Bracelets that we know here, uh, and other forms that are much more uh, in line with what is expected of a country that uh, will join uh, the European Union.
0: So, so, you'd rather keep the status quo. I mean, what if the you know? Uh, more...
1: No, I, I don't want to explain here, but there are legal legal considerations that does not make it, uh, if not possible. Uh, But I always refrain from going into explanations because uh, the power of discretion of a Georgian president uh, is the same and equal to the presidents of other countries, and they don't explain. Sure, but you have used that power of discretion for for other pardons. I've I've used it, but I've never explained it. You've never explained it. Um, A question about
0: the culture wars, because you uh, have mentioned, particularly in European platforms, the issue of, uh, you know, for example, um, LGBT and related questions, gender equality and so forth. Uh, But Georgia is, is quite a traditional society where the church has a strong influence. I'm just wondering whether you think that pro-European forces in Georgia are going too fast and not taking people with them when they talk about these sort of things? Uh,
1: What people resent, it's a traditional country. What people resent is, uh, and sometimes, again, this is uh, uh, enhanced by some forms of indirect Russian propaganda. Uh, they resented when it looked like a propaganda. But otherwise, uh, Georgia's uh, culture uh, and population are quite tolerant. So discrimination is not in their DNA, and that shows in, uh, around uh, along the, the history. And uh, one should not forget that uh, every family uh, in Georgia has someone that lives uh, in the West, that has studied in the West, in Europe, basically. Uh, and so this society is changing also very, very fast. And when you have constantly 80 uh, percent of the population uh, that in the opinion polls is supportive uh, of the European integration path, it means that uh, all these attempts uh, to uh, affect this uh, uh, consensus in the population do not work.
0: We'll have to end it there. Thank you so much for being our guest in the studio, uh, Salome Zurabishvili, the president of Georgia. That's all for this edition of the interview here on France 24.